Welcome to Conversations with Quiet Leaders. My name is Juliet Morris. I believe there is greatness in leading and building teams through powerful listening, what's being said and what's being heard. In this podcast, you'll hear from quiet leaders who are being more bold, more brave and more comfortable with who they are. Hello and welcome May Brysica to the podcast episode today. Welcome May. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Juliet. May heads up the corporate responsibility team in Europe for EY, and it's in particular, it's a financial services practice there. I was really interested in your journey, May, because you, you talked openly about your stammer, that you are a quiet leader, and the things that you are doing at EY right now are really exciting. Um, mm. So I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. Yeah, um, it's it's a really great opportunity to to speak to you, and hopefully, there's a couple of things um, out there or in the conversation we're having that will resonate with people yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Tell me uh, a little bit about quiet leadership and w- what does it mean for you? Yeah, quiet leadership. So, um, I guess I started looking into quiet leadership a, a few years ago. Um, one. Part of it was triggered by a conversation I had with a colleague at that time who, when I was, I guess, trying to build my case for promotion, she uh, described me as quietly confident um, and just like flowed that into conversation said like, yeah, you're really quietly confident. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I'd like, I hadn't really thought about that. I hadn't really particularly seen myself as confident. I knew I was like quieter. I wasn't the loudest in the room, but it really got me thinking. And it wasn't that I didn't think I didn't have confidence, but it was just this combination of quietly and confident. I was like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I am quietly confident. I just, I just get on with things um, and I get things done. Um, but I also realized then like there's something within EY that there is often the louder um, people who who will be known. Um, so how can I um, be heard? Um, so that was one part. And then the other part was, I guess, linked to that. I started to 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 read the book from from um, from Susan Kane on quiet. Um, and a lot of it really resonated with me um, because I think I always knew I was more introverted than extroverted. I definitely have extrovert moments um, and I quite enjoy those, but they also take a lot out of me. Um, but there was also something about how, how, how Susan Cain talks about introversion um, and people being quieter that also resonated with me from a stammering perspective. Um, so I really started to look into that and was like, yeah, I guess like I don't know if I ever saw myself as a leader because I'm like well I'm just going to get on with stuff mm-hmm. like I don't aim to be a CEO or, or um, uh, like in charge of anything but I do like to take charge um, I guess in a sense um, and therefore like how do I do this with being a bit quieter um, or being someone who just likes to absorb and observe um, listening to conversations um, and then really processing that information and taking information from that um, to, to either steer my own direction and actions or to see where there's gap and trying to connect the dots. You said you discovered Susan Kane a, a few years ago. What about in childhood then? Does, does introversion, do you recognise yourself in that space? 
I do um actually when when I started thinking about this so some of the like really clear memories I have is I could spend hours on end in my room to mm. to listen to stories um to those who grew up in the 80s um uh like we didn't have CDs or like um uh things like iTunes we um we listened to to um to cassettes so I like I remember myself just spending time in my room um or or like just being drawn into the stories um I also I had friends obviously um but I didn't have loads of friends I had like very specific groups of friends and really building those relationships um and I guess the other piece I remember and I don't know if that's to do with introversion or maybe partly because I'm um I'm someone who stammers um that in in group conversations or I would be quite happy to be part of conversation with grown-ups, but just sit and listen in mm. and not necessarily participate. Um, and as I said, I don't know if that was because I have a stammer and therefore didn't really want to like talk a lot, or if it was really because I just thought it was fascinating to 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 listen into conversations. But I guess thinking about it now, like even now in groups, I will be the quieter one. I'm like I'm quite good on one-on-one. I I, I love deep like one-on-one conversations but as soon as a third person comes in I like it's not that I don't want to engage it's it's more like I just observe and like see how the conversation flows and pick up on things and um I think this is definitely something that I can see sort of um throughout my life the other piece um I like I mean that also stood, stood out to me especially um sort of in school and again I don't know if that was because of introversion um, or the stammer, but I, I, I realized pretty quickly that in order to, to, to change my grades potentially, or to, to, to be seen as someone who, who's got something to say, I had to participate. Um, and that was an interesting, uh, change because again, I remember the first couple of years, um, I was probably more like quieter and just, um, um, trying to get on with like school but then I realized okay there's something about especially if I were sort of in between grades um, the more I participated the, me- uh, the more I could sway things in the other direction so and doing that without being an expert even to this day I like I like to be an expert but, which I can't be in everything um, but how can I how can I bring my voice into a conversation um, and saying something so people know, hey, I've got something to say, it might not be right, and I might change my mind later on. But um, that participation piece came through really quickly. Um, and I think this has really stuck with me that like, in order to, I guess, somewhat succeed in life, you have to participate and voice your opinion. Um, and doing that in the, in the right way. I like that participation. That's important, isn't it? It's interesting with like the piece around leading conversations i've actually been much more involved uh, at work in in um in facilitating conversations which i guess is interesting when you're someone who's quiet like why would you like like go in front of a group and go like let's brainstorm something um but at the same time i think because i love listening to conversations um and then maybe like drawing out things that people are saying and then helping them connect the dots um this is like really something where I'm getting more and more into it and like really enjoying it um 
but again it's like about finding that balance between like just being the person who listens or then like voicing okay what I'm hearing is or how does this work together and how can we like help people address um some of the things that that they want to do in that conversation um but yeah it's like it isn't necessary about being the person at the front for me it's about connecting the dots and helping people connect the dots you now work for ey super large organization i'm, I'm interested in the the journey at how you came to be at ey first and then how you've progressed through that yeah, uh, EY is a massive, massive organisation. Um, I started at EY in July 2014, um, so quite a while now. Um, and I had heard of EY and had some interactions with EY through a previous job when I actually worked for a charity for, for a couple of years. Um, uh, and that charity was specifically focusing on, on helping uh, young people get into to apprenticeships uh, and mm. EY was one of the, the providers at that time. Um, I guess my, my, my journey initially was, was um, while I have, have a day, um, uh, I have an undergrad in, in, um, in, European, uh, in European business um, and then a, a postgrad in, um, in management. Um, so um, a lot of the, the work that I did happen to be in organizations which kind of had um I guess a like a broader broader social impact um so I wanted to do something that was good like I couldn't just um spend time on an excel spreadsheet that's just not me but like like I think that sort of personal relationship and seeing change happen um so so yeah um uh, a role came up in the um sort of then corporate sustainability team we've uh, sort of um uh, changed our strategy a little bit and are now the corporate responsibility team um, and and I just felt everything that I had done previously um, was really coming together in this role about driving change, working with people, having an impact. Um, so I actually started off of um, being an intern. Um, I had uh, worked for um, a number of of years prior to that, but decided actually, you know what, uh, EY is such a big organization. I haven't really worked for for um, for a big professional services um, um, firm before. And actually, if I go in quite junior, I can observe and learn and then sort of um, see where that gets me. And um, that really quickly became came, um, a permanent role. And then I got identified as someone who uh, is, is a high performer. Uh, and through that, um, I guess my team, because we were quite small, uh, a lot of them were really supportive and just provided me with, with a lot of opportunities. Um, but I was definitely someone who, who would like observe because EY is just um, such a big organization and understanding their processes. But I think because I did that, um, I really found my feet quite quickly. Uh, so much so that um, I guess I am a bit of um, the go-to to um, the go-to person for people to come to and say, "Who do I um, or who do I, who do I contact when I need to talk about still a lot of X, Y, and Z?" So, um, and I was on a call yesterday actually where um, where the person said, "Like, may your name pops up like literally everywhere." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess that's good." Um, 
but yeah um i i i guess i progressed relatively quickly through through the ranks so from from being an intern to to being um uh to being an associate senior associate um and then um to to be promoted to um to manager um but one thing that definitely did stand out to me at EY was a lot of the feedback I received um, was very great and 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 really helpful. But the like red thread was like May should voice her opinion sooner, or May has got a lot mm. to give, but she should bring herself into conversations more. And I was like, yeah, but I like, what if I don't know the answer, or um, what I haven't had all of the information yet. Um, so um i've had some 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 really great um i guess support and and um talks with um people who who who've said well sometimes you don't have to have the answer sometimes it's just about voicing your opinion and it doesn't have to be right and it doesn't have to be that thing that gets approved or used but it's about can uh, can you express yourself i'm like oh I, I can express myself that's not the problem it's just i i guess i like to have time to think about it the way I've, I've found my voice, I guess, is is through because I don't always have the time or cannot have the time to to think about things in detail um, is use phrases like here's what I think right now or my um, my immediate reactions are here. I might change them, but like here's what I'm hearing um, or here's what what like trying to uh, absorb what's been said. Here are a couple of things that spring to mind. Um, but having the caveat to, I guess, change it afterwards when I've had time to like reflect on the conversation. Um, and these are things that have really helped me because yes, I bring my, like, like I bring my voice in much more quickly now. Um, and it's also something I've helped, um, helped sort of other people with as well when they've had similar feedback around like, well, I have stuff to say, but like, I don't always want to say it straight away. I'm like, here are phrases that might work. Um, so that's definitely been something. Um, having said that, I think the the other way I found my voice is just by doing my work and having an impact through that. So I think that's a big learning for me that like having a voice doesn't always mean using words. It's about the work that you do and getting on with things. And that seems to be be working. It's around creating that space, having that environment that supports that because often I find that people are afraid to speak up because they get shouted down or not listened to. So having that mm. space, first of all, that you can say, well, here's what I think. People get curious about it. You're not sort of battened down quite quickly. So I really like that. Mm. Um, you talked about how you found your voice. Uh, so I read your article around Below the Iceberg. And it, is that one of the channels where you're sharing your opinions a bit more and your thoughts on things? That's the only article that I've like or blog that I've published. Um, I have recently been thinking because I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> and I guess observing the world, especially in the last year and a half to two years. Um, there's a lot of things where um, uh, I feel like I've got something to say, not necessarily because it's right, but having observed and listened to to different voices and actually um, intentionally listening to voices that are opposing um that I might start blogging um even if it's just for me uh to mm. to write down some of those things um but that was basically the like um 
the only article like recently that's out there that was driven more from a, from a talk I did to I think postgraduate students who were training to become speech and language um, um, yeah speech and language therapists so from a stammering perspective and I really wanted to I guess like share my my story because again people who stammer usually tend to be a little bit quieter not all of them but when you look at the majority of pool of people we would be more on the sort of introvert side um not sure whether that's because we're introverts or because we stammer um mm. I think that would be an interesting research project um but also because I I had always um hidden my stammer um so EY was the like the first workplace where I actually brought it out um and I guess I wanted to just share, like, look, just be because you speak differently. Um, it's not like you have nothing to contribute. So it was partly that, like, there's lots going on. And also from a quieter perspective, um, again, people who are quieter, it's not like they have nothing to say. It's just they want to formulate what they want to say. And actually, they have a wealth to contribute because they are thinking things through from mm. all sorts of angles and trying to connect the dots and absorbing all the information. So there is something about creating space for people who speak differently from a stammering perspective, but also who, who just need to be brought into the conversation and quieting the others that might be in the room being very loud because that's who they are. And it's not about quieting them completely, but like creating that space. So yeah, and 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 I guess li like linked to that because I I originally felt if I were to bring my stammering into the fall and talk about it, um, it would hold me back at work. Mm. But I realized that actually my actions speak louder than words anyway. Let's not lose that. But my voice, like all my words and my voice also speak loudly. I just need to to find a way to do that in a way that I feel comfortable. Yeah, that's a, that's a great message, May. So your interest in corporate sustainability. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, corporate sustainability or corporate responsibility, um, they're such big topics. So I guess I, I always look at the word sustainability and let's um, put, put the, the sort of um, uh, the corporate piece to a side. But sustainability... Um, has obviously become the word that everyone talks about. I guess when, when I look at how it was defined in the late 80s um, by a report that was done for the UN, um, the, the, um, the definition that they use is sustainability is about meeting the needs of today without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. And this for me like speaks just about everything because like it means a long-term view. Uh, it's looking in the future while also trying to address what we need to address today. Um, but it also acknowledges the, I guess, interconnectedness of everything that like that we do. All our actions have an impact. Um, and I guess we often jump to conclusions or jump to actions trying to fix something without necessarily thinking through what the impact could be. And I know that as humans from from the way we work in our brains that like it's very difficult to look ahead into the future but like trying to at least anticipate a couple of what impacts will my actions have one year two year three years down the line um 
I think that's really important. So for me, sustainability, um, and with that, I mean everything from the um, the social impact agenda to, to climate change, to biodiversity, to, to human rights, um, is an um, encompassing view. And that's, um, that's like really my view. And that requires culture and behavior change. So for me, this is really about um, helping people understand the actions that they can take, um, the impact that their actions have, um, and really breaking it down into the individual sphere and then like elevating it up into the collective. Um, and the other thing that sustainability for me really means is not working in silos, but um, because we cannot do this on like on our own. Um, we each have um, a lot to bring. And I think that links quite nicely to, again, as leaders, I think we often um, feel we have to fix something um, straight away. But let's actually stop and pause and, okay, understand about, okay, what is the problem at hand? What are the underlying causes? Um, what works well? Because I think that's the other piece um, that we often just see the things that are bad um, uh, and not see what works well and what can we learn from that and bring that in. Um, so, yeah, for, for, for me, it's really about, about um, that future-looking um approach it's about seeing the interconnectedness of actions and that we don't work in silos and stopping in thinking as well I, I was struck by uh, earlier on in the conversation where you said you know I don't want to be a CEO you know am I a leader to <laughs> where you were talking about sustainability and leadership because actually arguably I believe there are more leaders in this world than just it's just not just around your title you can be a leader mm. of your home, a champion of something like sustainability, a project in your own community. There's a you know a lot to be said about recognizing your own leadership and what what impact you have through mm. an everyday conversation, through the footprints that you leave, through life, through you know interactions mm. at work, and everyone's thoughts matter. Someone may come up with this idea that may seem completely crazy at a time but then you think well actually there could be some legs in that there mm. could be something that we could do around that and if you look at the last 18 months two years it you know it's all up in the air isn't it it's mm. and there is such a great opportunity right now because we've been uh, CSR has been around for a long time but actually just the word sustainability is you're right at the forefront of everything but it's not just around the community projects or climate change it's the impact that we can have right now absolutely absolutely and and there's something around breaking down such a big word as sustainability into mm. uh what the individual doesn't do and actually what you just said about like leadership um, or not everyone or we we associate leadership or leaders as as this big title um and I actually read yesterday in a book like leadership isn't a noun it's a verb like mm. it's a verb it's something that you do and mm. um I agree every like everyone is a leader in some way shape or form but we've made it this big like oh because you have it in your title you're suddenly someone of um, authority or competence and um it's not it's about like everyone leads like leads a life right mm. um mm. like even in that sort of word you lead your life you you are making decisions 
that impacts yourself, your family, people around you. Um, and if we break that down into like, what is my impact? What do I do? Um, I think we can can elevate a lot more leaders than than we currently maybe are thinking about because we automatically associate them with like CEOs or um, prime ministers or or that kind of thing. Yeah. You don't have to be a prime minister and CEO to have an impact. It's probably probably <laughs> better if you're not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not right now. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, then that that just ties into you know that finding their own voice and having being quietly confident and being able to share in a space and being able to say what you think and it may be wrong it may be right it may be the best idea ever but you won't know unless you say it yes. uh, so come circling back around to being quietly confident but also a quiet leader and finding your own voice in that space is if you if you share what you think if you share what you feel what you quite often find like I have through this podcast is a community that mm. is also with you also mm. resonates there are you know, commonalities in everyone and we've just got to maybe speak out a little bit and find them absolutely and actually there like in in um in design thinking um there is is a step to to come to an idea or to a, a potential solution by doing a bit of a um like a bit of a brain dump or or mm. um or um, what we call crazy eight like actually write down whatever idea you have. It might not be the one that gets picked straight away, but that's also something we automatically jump to. There's an idea, can we implement it? But that's not about it. Let's just actually gather all the ideas that we have and then talk it through and see what could be something. And like the more courageous we are to actually have some crazy eight ideas, um, I guess we'd be surprised by how many amazing things could come out of that. And then if we work together collectively um, to bring those to life, I mean, what an amazing world would that be? I use a bit of improv with my clients. So, you know, the yes and, and that comes up with some great things, you know, great ideas that you're not committed to, but it's something that comes into your mind and you share it out there. And sometimes particularly for quieter people or people, or even extroverts who say everything when they when they say everything and we get it all down on paper there's some real gems in there what's next for you what's your big dream may oh my big dream um i don't know if i have a big dream or if i have like a few smaller dreams oh. um i guess there are two things specifically that that really stand out to me from the last year and a half um to two years and one is linked and I think um I I wrote about that in 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 my article as well words are powerful they make and they break um at the moment I see words breaking more than they're making maybe I'm I'm a bit more tuned into that because I I often think about how I phrase things um both from a stammering perspective but also um I guess being an introvert but words are so so powerful and what I would like to see is us starting to really think about how we talk things um, or how we talk about things, what words we use and what impacts those words have. So that's my one dream. Let's 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 think about the language and the words we use. 
The other thing I think is linked to the workplace, because if I if I look back on the last um, year and a half, having gone virtually, we've actually been able to elevate the quieter voices uh, a lot more. And I would love to continue to see that, especially as we move into a, a hybrid um, hybrid working approach. Um, and linked to that, I think as well, we like, especially at the start of, of the pandemic last year, we took extra care and time to check in on people and building those personal relationships. Um, and again, I like, I hope we don't lose that moving into, mm. into the, the hybrid world, but also not revert back because there's definitely things that we've done really well in the last year and a half. So let's really try to, to build on that and not, Talk about some of the things then that you found that connectedness with introverts remotely. How have you encouraged that, those conversations? Well, it's it's interesting because um, I mean, uh, and and I saw some st- statistics on that the other week as well on LinkedIn. Like, sort of everything is on video now. Sometimes I think introverts um, actually like to be off camera. <laughs> <laughs> um so um not everything being like on camera is uh, is definitely something and I've seen that in conversations with other introverts we always have cameras off and it's just like it's it's absolutely fine um whereas as soon as you uh, I guess go into a conversation with an extrovert um the camera's are on but I think yeah just just um like it's okay to, to have the camera off it's okay to to pause on a call as well uh, I know you can't see the other person, but actually that silence can be beautiful and can can bring out a lot of those great ideas and, and thoughts and opinions much more. So that's definitely something. But I also think what's, what's great with the tools we use that, whereas maybe in the meeting room, you would have overlooked some of the introverts or quieter people with the hands up tool. That's amazing. Like you can suddenly bring in people. Um, and I, I really hope that we we continue that both online and offline as we move back into face-to-face conversations. The question that I had then when you were talking was, has uh, the world of online helped with our communication between each other and between teams? I think it has. Mm. I think it has. Um, there's definitely something about being in person that that we have all missed. And I think even a lot of introverts have missed I I could see, especially at the start of lockdown last year, um, extroverts were struggling at the start of lockdown in not being able to see with people and introverts were starting at the end of lockdown going like, actually, I need some <laughs> yes. sort of human interaction. But I think communication has improved, uh, has improved um, with talking and interacting with each other in a different way that we may not have done before. So there's definitely, I feel more communication, more checking in with each other, more building those relationships we've become more vulnerable about who we are because we work in our own homes we've got um kids running around we've got the delivery man coming into the middle of a really important meeting um and we've become a bit more human um and i think that's 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 definitely something we shouldn't shouldn't lose i've particularly been thankful of technology because just being able to talk to people around the world because one thing i missed was travel and that interaction yeah. with diverse thinking thinkers and minds and conversations mm. and uh, yeah I'm very grateful that that opened up and we were able to talk to anyone anywhere 
at any time yeah. the, the choice is ours really we don't need to get on a plane and spend hours or thinking about it or trying to get in people's diaries people were much more open to that conversation absolutely and I think that's like that is such an important point that travel is absolutely critical and important and and I look forward to being able to mm. to do it a bit more with less restrictions and paperwork but you have much more opportunity to speak to people because you aren't traveling or they aren't traveling. So finding those one hour, two hour slots, half an hour slots um, to have those conversations. I mean, that's amazing. And the time we've saved in, in doing that and have more quality of life, hopefully, I think that's definitely something that, that, that we shouldn't lose and revert back to let's just travel everywhere all the time. I should probably say this because um, like I work in sustainability and corporate responsibility um, and there's something about not flying everywhere um, probably get in trouble for saying that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's about being very intentional. You're right. Intentional. And the distinction I, I was thinking then was that there's communication and there's culture and experience. We miss communication. We've had those conversations with, you know, we've learned a lot about each other. But there's something around being immersive in that culture and experience that we also miss too. And it's the yeah. same about going back into the office. The office should be about culture and experience, not about conversation. That that almost yeah. is secondary. You know, you feel it and absorb it and you create a space and you learn about what's actually going on. Absolutely. Yeah. For our listeners, May, what are your top three tips for quiet leaders? I guess I have three in mind, yeah. Um, so one is about defining what having a voice means for you. Um, so to my earlier point, it doesn't have to be about being loud. It can be about your actions. Um, and for me, it's definitely probably more my actions than my words. The other thing, again, sort of learning about how, how do you find your voice, um, observing other people, seeing what they do, are there particular phrases that they use? and um, writing those down, trialing those and, and see, see what works for you. This has really helped me to, to say like, I guess what I'm thinking right now is, or yeah, my immediate thoughts um, to, to bring my thoughts into the conversation with the caveat, I, I can change them later on. And then the last one is to just pause and think sort of to my earlier point, like actually that silence, like we don't have to answer every question straight away. Don't have to have a solution for everything. We might like, we'll probably won't have the solution anyway, but like, let's pause and think and understand what is actually happening here and then come up together with different ideas and encouraging others to bring ideas in. So, yeah, I think more of pausing and thinking than jumping to, to conclusions. Yeah, I love those. Great tips. Thank you so much, May. Um, I feel that there's so much more we could talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous thank you so much for having me yeah no no, no no some really great uh questions that really got me thinking as well and um yeah as you said there's probably so much more we could be talking <laughs> about but uh yeah really really appreciate the opportunity yeah thank you thank you for listening i love to talk and work with people and businesses who want to achieve more i challenge their thoughts to create possibility anyone can be part of the conversation leave me a message ask a question and connect with me 